murder, divorce, drugs. Our courts are full of stories, scary, sad, and hilarious. Most are tales stranger than fiction. These are true law stories, brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories. All right, on this episode of True Law Stories, we've got heartwarming, we've got crazy, and we've got another nude balcony guy. We're going to talk about what happens when condos are poorly built and the residents can't pay for hundreds of thousands of dollars repairs and how Christopher Cobb, our guest today, helped him, helped them. Christopher, say hi. Hey, hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. And oh, it's great to have you. And we're also talking, what's the problem with calling someone or being called an uncommon whore and its definition? And of course, the nude balcony guy, all this on true law stories. And of course, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com. One of the best ways to get more referrals, close more referrals, close more business is through your client stories. Go to videocasestory.com to learn how you can capture more of them in 13 different ways in what we call the fish in the barrel by going to videocasestory.com slash big fish. All right, let's get started. Before we get started, let's talk a little bit about your practice because it's not really about that. You're in construction defects and litigation. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, what you do in that. Sure. So our law firm specializes in construction law. So we handle all aspects of the construction process from contract review to litigation. Um, you know, it's either we're, we're helping our clients price out leaky windows uh, or we're suing when they install the leaky windows. And so um, uh, we see all facets of it. And uh, along with that, we do a lot of condominium and HOA work and business litigation. And those are really the three branches of practice that uh, our firm covers. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, who do you represent? Do you represent the, the owners? Do you represent the, the, the associations? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. In the construction, we, we divide it up into really two categories, whether it's commercial construction or residential. Uh, residential construction, we typically don't handle much in, in by way of representing owners in that. Um, uh, the dollar figures aren't as high. And if it's a defense aspect of residential, it's usually covered by insurance. Uh, and so where we get into ownership representation is usually in the commercial projects, the large scale projects. Uh, but we also represent um, contractors in contractor disputes, delay claims, um, scheduling, change orders, and, and any disputes that rise throughout the process. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how did you get into this? <laughs> I, I, I I've been a lawyer for about 23 years and about three years into my career, uh, a payment bond case landed on my desk and I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed the technical nature of the statute and I just asked the uh, managing partner to send more cases like that in my direction and, and, uh, and he did. And uh, six years later, I had enough practice where I became board certified in construction by the Florida Bar. And so it, it's become my specialty. Nice. Well, fantastic. Oh, and you're board certified. I mean, explain to people what board certified means, because we have a few on, but a lot of people, I think, don't really understand the depth of what that means. So board certification is a um, it's an extra test that I have to take. Uh, so um, I, I'm a glutton for punishment, but there's certain criteria and there's every practice group has its own certification process. But in this construction law, I had to demonstrate that the majority of my practice was in construction law and I had to had been attorney for five years and a peer review process. And so once you take that test, you get to hold yourself out as an expert in construction law. 
uh, and I have achieved achieved that in uh, 2009, and I've maintained that certification since. Wow! Congratulations on that. That's amazing. And there's not many people board certified as there are in your practice area, are there? I I think when I became board certified, there was maybe a few hundred in the state. Um, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how many there are now, but I do know it's, a, it's, it's the minority of, of, of lawyers. It, 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 it is a, a, a different level of expertise that you have to demonstrate to the Florida bar to be able to call yourself that expert. And so, you know, you, you work in all these types of litigations. You had, um, one defect case, you know, you've done quite a few in condos and it happens often, it seems like, <laughs> especially in Florida. So Tell me about this community that was assessing, that was being assessed over and over and over again. So there's a, it's up up in Jacksonville. I was a um, seven or eight year lawyer and, uh, you know, like all aggressive, hungry young lawyers looking to prove themselves on a case. And this one landed in my lap and uh, it was 400 unit condominium complex that had been uh, turned over, uh, but there were a lot of really bad defects, structural defects, um, a lot of water intrusion, um, and uh, there were no reserves in place to pay for this. And so, you know, when you think about condominiums, you know, there's, you know, people living in close proximity, um, but all those people who live in close proximity have to pay for the maintenance of those buildings. And if they don't have the money to do that, they look to you to pursue the, the contractor and or its insurance carriers to come up with that money so they can fix their buildings. And um, I remember just sort of the weight of that type of representation is it's you representing the association against probably 30 different parties in the case. Um, and these 400 unit owners are depending on you for their, uh, for their financial uh, well-being because if, if you can't recover enough money through the litigation, they have to specially assess to cover this. And in this particular instance, those assessments would have eclipsed $100,000 per unit, uh, which would have thrust a lot of these people who are on fixed income uh, into bankruptcy uh, and or foreclosure because they wouldn't be able to pay the assessments. How do you go about, you know, obviously you're defending a lot, you know, you're helping a lot of people. What's that feel like to have all these people depending on you? Because, you know, it's their life, it's their home. I'm sure they're all scared that I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to find out someplace else to live. I'm not gonna be able to sell this place or what, I mean, what's that like? <laughs> it's a tremendous amount of pressure because you have 400 people looking to you for their uh, financial well-being. because if they can't recover through the lawsuit, then they're going to be specially assessed. And in the instance of this case, the special assessment would have thrust a lot of these people into foreclosure or bankruptcy, and it would have financially ruined them. And so carrying the weight of those unit owners on your shoulders uh, it, it's, it's an extra motivating because you want to make sure you do a good job for them. Um, but you know, th these cases are huge. There's usually over a million documents, uh, that you have to look at 30 to 40 depositions you have to take, maybe more. Uh, and they go on a trial docket for, uh, four, four to six weeks. And so, you know, most, I've never tried one. They've all settled uh, right at the, at the, at the courthouse steps, so to speak, but all that work up is a tremendous amount of work and all these people are looking at you to do a good job. And it's interesting because it seems like construction law and HOA law would be, would fall into the same category, but it's, they're not the same thing, are they? 
they're not the same thing. Um, there is a lot of bleed over. Um, they do they do interact in a lot of in a lot of uh, uh, instances, but HOA law is its own separate statute. It's its own separate rules and regulations. Uh, construction has its own separate statute and rules and regulations. And so they while they do touch, um, uh, they are separate and distinct. That's yeah. And so what was, you know, what was that process like in the final outcome? Well, usually they resolve in like a three or four day mediation. Uh, and so uh, we would mediate once and get some of the low hanging contractors out, uh, get some money into the association, and then we would mediate again. And then there'll be another wave of settlements. And then the last people, the last ones hanging on who are going to trial, about five or six of them. Uh, we'll do one last mediation uh, right before the trial, and that's typically when those larger parties settle. Uh, you don't you don't usually want to carve out too many people. So, for instance, like if there's a um, the building envelope is leaking, you need to keep all of those contractors in at the same time because you don't want to settle with the window manufacturer only to have everybody else point their fingers at the window. You want to make sure that they're all together, and that way you can maximize the settlement on those scopes of work. And what was the, the, can you talk about the results for this, this, uh, this one with the elderly people? Uh, it was a successful result. I, I, I can't tell you the exact dollar figure, but I can tell you that there was enough money that they could go about and uh, change and, and fix the, uh, the outside of the, of the project or the property, repair it, no more water, no more structural defects. And, and one of the satisfying things that I do is I will go and check out the value of the units for sale in that unit in in that complex because the there's a direct correlation between the success that you achieve in that case to the value of the units and so when the values go up you go okay well i, I did a good job these are now actually productive uh, assets for these uh, unit owners and did anyone tell like what did they say to you afterwards because i'm sure there's some pretty happy people that were you know stressed for a long time and now they're, they're able to repair their homes the best thing that they can do is give me a, re a referral or a recommendation. Uh, and so um, the board sent two or three other of these condo cases my way. Uh, but you will get personal handwritten notes. You will get emails. Uh, from time to time, you will have to go back when, uh, when, the, when the lawsuit's over. Um, they will then engage me to review the renovation contracts. And so I'll be on site afterwards and uh, you know, at that point, you become sort of a familiar face around the community. And I mean, there's there's handshakes and pats on the back and thank yous. And it's it's very, very satisfying. It's very rewarding. Uh, and that's fantastic. So, look, you know, if anyone has this problem, how do they get in touch with you? What's the process for working with you on that? So usually these types of cases find you. Um, so so uh, you can't just go out and find these cases. Uh, it is a very specialized area of the law. Um because you have to be very versed, very well versed in two aspects, the, the construction aspect, as well as the condo aspect, um, because of those uh, quorum requirements and voting and meetings and, and that and, and the financing that needs to go on. But um, I mean, they can look at our website or they can, you know, if, if, generally speaking, those cases find us by recommendations from other board members. All right. So let's go on and tell me about this community where there were people, um, one of their owners was not paying and moved out. And I'm looking here, the new place called the old community for a reference. Yes. So this, this was, um, there are points in your career when you get to have fun in a case. And I think this was one of those moments for me. Um, 
uh, this was a, a, a lady who was renting a unit and had a number of male uh, people that she was renting another room to. Um, and there was about four or five people that were renting the other room. She moved out and the other, the new place was asking for a reference, uh, uh, a rental reference. And my client, the, the former resident, the former apartment complex would not give her the reference and said, in fact, don't rent to her because she was living with three or four men at the same, at the same time. Well, she took offense to that and sued us for defamation. She sued the apartment complex for a million dollars in defamation. Um, so we began the lawsuit, we began the litigation, and I set her deposition. And one of the allegations in the, in the complaint was that, that my client, the former uh, uh, apartment complex, said that she lived with four men, therefore she was a, an, a, a, uh, an uncommon whore. And that was the actual allegation in the public record that she was an uncommon whore. And so I'm, I'm, I'm strategizing with my associate and I'm like, look, that I, this is too good to pass up. Like we have to ask her to define this term for us. She put it in the, in the pleading. And so I asked her under oath, I said, well, you know, ma'am, you, you've made the allegation that we've, we've, you, you, that we've alleged that you're an uncommon whore and that's the basis for your defamation. What does that mean? And she said that it means that you're a pro I'm a prostitute. And we went, okay. Well, and, I, and I said, well, I took it one step further. And I said, well, if that's the definition of an uncommon whore, what is the definition of a common whore? And, and she said, you know, somebody who's married. And, I was, I'm, and we're, we, we all just kind of just looked at each other. And so by this time, the court reporter has already kicked me four times under the table. My associate has spit her glass of water out. Uh, we had to take a 10 minute recess because everybody was laughing so hard. Uh, and so we come back and we finish the deposition. Uh, we, we get a, we get a, uh, a summary judgment in the case. It goes up on appeal. We defend the appeal and it goes away. Well, about eight months after that, nine months after that, I get a call from a workers comp lawyer in Orlando and the workers comp lawyer says, do you know this this lady we she's made a comp claim and we've gotten a copy of this transcript and i want to thank you because we have had more laughter about the deposition testimony of between common whore and uncommon whore and uh i just wanted to let you know that you have made everybody's day in orlando at least many times because we just cannot stop laughing about this and so this is one of those one of those cases where I will, I will, the, the associate that was with me, we still laugh about it today. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, just cra like, you, that's why we do this show. I mean, there's, there's great stories of you helping people, but also there's just crazy law stories out there. And so you've come across a few of these. You also had a story of a nude neighbor too, correct? Yeah. This is in one of my condo defect cases where, you know, one of the things that the, the contractors lawyers will do is they will ask to see every piece of paper under the sun in the association. And all the associations in Florida are required to keep unit owner files. And so they make a demand for these files. Well, I, I usually the files have, you know, a deed or some kind of inf key information or there's 10 or 15 pages per file. Well, this one was probably a, a, an inch thick and I, I'm, I'm looking at it. And so obviously you're curious. So you start flipping through the pages to see that you know, there's this person's not complaining about you know, whatever water intrusion, that kind of stuff. It just happened to be that this gentleman had received probably 50 to 60 notices of 
covenant violation and or letters from the association because he was standing naked on his balcony and his neighbors were reporting him to the association. And so this 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 guy, we 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 basically dubbed him the uh, the, the, the naked balcony guy. And so, you know, you have you have a laugh when you're trying to produce those documents. You, you, and in fact, I kind of go to the other defense lawyers. I'm like, hey, guys, look at unit 106. You're going to get a laugh out of this one. And sure enough, the defense lawyers call me and go. Thank you for sending that to us. We we did. We had had a great laugh about that. The naked balcony guy. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. And it's funny because I'm actually doing this and I can see some balconies over there. And I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, I wonder how many people just walk down their balcony. Well, at this association, the guy did it at least 50 times in about two years. I'm surprised he didn't get arrested. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, these are amazing, amazing stories. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. So once again, it's CobbGonzalez.com, correct? CobbGonzalez.com. That's correct. All right. And uh, where's the best place? Do you spend time on LinkedIn? Where's the best place to follow you? Or just you're not a social media person? Well, I think, uh, we, I, we have a pretty active LinkedIn account through the firm. It's it's tied through through me. So we have Cobb Gonzalez on LinkedIn. And then you can look at my LinkedIn post. It's tied to that account as well. My partner, James Gonzalez, also has LinkedIn. So we're very active on LinkedIn. Awesome. So, yeah. And obviously, if you have any construction issues, or you know HOA issues, definitely give them a call. They're located in Jacksonville, but you you work, I'm sure, throughout the state, correct? We go from Pensacola to Key West. Yep, awesome. all across the state. Hopefully you're not doing that in the day because that's a, that's a hell of a drive. Awesome. Well, Christopher Cobb, thank you so much for being on True Law Stories. Thank you, Ian, for having me. I appreciate it. And awesome. And thank you all for taking Christopher and I on your journey. It's been Ian Garlic and True Law Stories. True Law Stories has been brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Testimonials stink. No one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study. You need Video Case Stories for your business. Go to VideoCaseStory.com to learn more.